0: Eat on Fry it up. Friday Fry
1: it up. Dish. Yummy. Hey everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are here today. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Elizabeth Reese. Good morning from it Twin is, Cities Live. It's no. nice to
2: be with you. It feels good to be able to process the yeah. loss of Anthony Bourdain yeah. in this fashion.
1: Yeah, it really does. And we've we spent the morning talking. A lot about mental health and a lot of things um, about uh, Bourdain. And we do have a couple callers who hung on the line. Um, I think we had Allison first. So let's get to Allison. Are you there,
0: Allison? Good morning, ladies. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are
2: you guys? Good. Great. Why don't you weigh in? What do you got for us?
0: Yeah, well, growing up, my two biggest passions were fashion and food, so Ooh. it was a tough week.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and with Bourdain in particular, I mean, he is who inspired me to study abroad and, um, you know, really just kind of dive into life head first. Yes. Um, and that food is that great connector that we have, and like you were saying earlier, um, you know, in the nine o'clock hour, how, yes, food's the connection, but it's, you know, he focused so much on the people and, you know, telling the true stories yeah. of of what it was like. It that you felt like you had experienced a culture without having to hop on a plane. Um, Such a so, gift. yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, I feel like it's not only a loss for just the food community, but just the global community in general.
1: Agree. Thank Agree. you, Agree. Thank you so much, Allison. We appreciate your comments today. We also have Barb on the line. Hey, Barb, how are you doing today?
0: Hi, doing well. I say I just wanted to make a comment about Anthony Bourdain. What my husband and I really admired about him was everywhere he went, you could see he really respected the culture Mm -hmm. and the people. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't acting like he was above them. And he went to fancy restaurants, but you could really see his joy when he was eating street food. Yeah, Or once in a while when he would go into someone's home. For a meal, you could just see he was so humbled and so happy to be there and um, I think that was what was really special about him and um, we went and saw him live once, and uh he ended the evening by calling out all the cooks, and he just sat from the stage and just just you know just talked to them and yeah, and you could see the respect he had for them and the, and really the joy just hanging out the last thing on his on his program was just hang out and talk to the other cooks so oh, I love that. it was really special that is thank wonderful you so thank much. you barb
1: we appreciate your comments you guys boy that's so and sweet. i know everybody has the feelings and i hope that you share them and i hope you go to the facebook page and you let us know if you want to you know if you have some really great memories or some perspectives on it we'd love it uh it's time for top two in hour two
0: one and now the one, weekly one, dish one, two, presents one, two, top two top two the top two pick your best two in Two.
1: All right, give me I two winning, winning. All right, this is the time in the show when we pick two things
2: that we are sort of loving this week, and so I'm gonna let you go first. What's your first one? That sounds good. I'm going real light, okay? It's been okay. a heavy week, and yep. so I'm just gonna go with a couple of light things that I'm really enjoying. So my first thing is uh, this. Hot buffalo sauce from Tessie Mays. Yes, and I am here for your hot buffalo sauce. I just want you to know that. This stuff is so good. Now, okay, some of the bonus of it is that it's a really clean ingredient buffalo sauce. Mm -hmm. So it's dairy-free, sugar-free, gluten-free, Whole30 compliant, all that kind of jazz. I mean, that's not really going to mean anything if it doesn't taste good. But I'm telling you, this Tessie Mays hot buffalo sauce, it has a fantastic Kick to it, yeah. And I have been buying rotisserie chickens, and then just dipping the chicken into the hot buffalo yes. sauce, and then feeling really positive. So <laughs> I want to share that with you. This is a healing you. moment for you guys. I want to share that with you, and I think that you should get it. I got it at um, Whole Foods, but I know they have it at other places too. But it, I really like. I think with condiments in particular, it can be so easy to fall with bottled condiments down the like junk trap of yep. just like. Lots of extra garbage in this stuff that we don't really need. Oh, God. Yeah. Save your garbage eating for really good cupcakes. Don't burn it on your buffalo sauce. Yeah. And so um, this stuff is fantastic. Tastic. So Tessie oh. hot buffalo sauce. We've got it linked up on the weekly dish show page so that you can um, find it yourself. Eat it and be warned. It has a solid kick. They do have a mild version. Um. But don't be a wimp. It's not made locally, is it? It's, no. Okay, but it is. we can find it around yep, town. Yeah, but you can find it around here. And it's just
1: so solid. Tessa Mays. I love it. Yep. I love that it has like a little anchor on it. And I, that must be the uh, sort of the homage to the Anchor Bar where, where it, Buffalo Sauce was in Buffalo, oh, New yeah. York. That must yeah. be that. Because that's kind of... But Because uh, I love the fact that it is... I do love a
2: buffalo sauce so hard. I, know, In fact, I, I just too. ate some last night on
1: chicken. See, it's so really
2: good. Funny. And Frank's is fantastic. I yeah. mean, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you're just looking for one that's, um, you know, maybe a little cleaner on the ingredient list yeah. and, and really a more complex flavor. I was going to say,
1: sometimes I feel like I want to make my own just so I can get it right to the levels that I want. But yep. I never do. I just don't do it. Because I'm always—I don't know why I don't do it. Try just, this one. Maybe I'll try that one. And I we'll think see you'll how like it. Goes. It's right. really good. Uh, my first uh, one of the top two or two is is open streets, oh, yeah. which is happening tomorrow on Lindale, and I just love the concept of summer open streets. Me too. And that, what they do is they shut down one of our major roads, which I know it feels like that's happening everywhere anyway. I mean, honestly. <sighs> wow. But uh, they shut down all of Lindale from 22nd to 54th. I mean,
2: let's be honest, Lindale pretty much always feels like it's shut down anyway. Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> so, But they shut it down to cars. Yes. And so bikes and pedestrians and skateboarders, if you have any non-motorized rolling apparatuses... <laughs> Get on them and roll down the street, man. But there are parties. Actually, the Lynn Hall is, you know, we talked about popping into the Lynn Hall. That's on Lindale. I
2: love the Lynn Milk Hall. Milk
1: Jam is having a party in their parking lot with Go bands there. and such. I mean, there's people are giving away slices at Galactic Pizza, you know, with they have superheroes there, just to be clear. Yeah, I know. It's so cute. It is. So it's really, I would just encourage you to get out and it's happening tomorrow. I think it starts at 11 or something like that you can go to open streets um on the facebook page and check it out but i just love and i just love that it's a stroll like you don't have to stop you can stop you can listen to music no one's gonna charge you a ticket you can buy food you can buy drink you can just keep walking
2: yeah that's great it's kind of awesome i think that's fantastic i know so that's my first one. what's your second one next thing that i'm loving um are the soy clones at J. Selby's. Okay, What is that? <laughs> I, have you not had these yet? I don't
1: know. I got to click in. So they're so in. good. Okay, oh. so
2: Jay Selby's is a vegan restaurant in St. Paul. It's on Selby. It um, has gotten a lot of buzz. They have buffalo cauliflower that has gotten like, it's like buffalo wings, but it's cauliflower. It's love really that. outstanding. Love that. I'm not a vegan. That being said, my sister and I go to Jay Selby's regularly because we just love the food so much. We love it so much. And they have these soy clones that are essentially like a soy-based version of a Dairy Queen Blizzard or like a McDonald's McFlurry. They mix in whatever kind of like candy into their soft serve. And here's the thing, Steph. You think to yourself, soy clone, yuck. You think (laughs) non-dairy... Frozen soft serve, yuck! And then you try the soy clone at J Selby's, and I kid you not, it is the creamiest soft serve you've ever had. It is so good. Their baked goods and treats that they mix into the soy clone, yeah, are over the top fantastic. Ooh. They're so good. I like think about soy clones. I want one right now. I wanted one five minutes ago. You did. And I'm going to want one in five minutes. So that's how I feel about these soy clones at Jay Selby's. I think you should go there and you should, even if you, like they, they have often a line to order food, but if you go to the bar, when you walk into the right, they have a separate line where you can order desserts. Mm -hmm. And so you can just pop in there and get a soy clone. So the next time you're kind of like craving like a Dairy Queen blizzard or something, which I mean, listen, that's great for the summer too. Right. But the soy clones at Jay Selby's cannot be missed. Don't let the word soy... Scary.
1: Well, and let's be honest, there are, when you eat at Milk Jam, there's a lot of vegan ice cream yeah. there that you don't even know you're, I mean, like, they don't even just talk about it. It's great. It's there. And they no. kind of don't, per- they pretend that it's not a thing. And so I think it's great because it's so, it is such a different paradigm, but such a good treat. If yeah. you're dairy free, you are
2: having so many more options. This I know. Summer. And some people just like dairy doesn't sit well with them for in, right. in a lot. Okay. But they have so many good kinds mixed berry, cookies, and cream. Chocolate and peanut butter. This is at Peppermint. J. Salby, this is at Jay Salby's. Yeah. The soy clone.
1: Yeah, so it's in St. Paul, that's a really
2: good option for you. Oh, and everything you're they going. have there is so good. You're so going. Okay, yeah, going I love going after it this.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, my second one is just going to be uh, letting you guys know again that Summer in the Twin Cities is a Facebook group that we are doing over at MSP Mag uh, that we want everyone to just kind of join up if you're feeling like you want the intel of what's going on in the Twin Cities. Oh, I do. I don't think I've invited you, Elizabeth Reese, but well, I think please invite that me. I probably will very yes. soon. Um, because what it is, is it just is, um, it's just a group that we decided to put together for people who are looking for specific fun stuff in the summer. And so I put up an article that Kelly Keegan's our homes editor wrote about the 50th and Xerxes area where she went antiquing. So she called out the great places like to go antiquing. Cause I do think it's kind of fun to do that in the summertime, to for scroll sure. between shops and just kind of shop like that. huh. And then I said, well, I'll put out the wine rest, you know, recommendations for that because if you're going to antique, I kind of think you need a sip afterwards.
2: You do buy more if you've had a glass of wine. This is true. Which is more fun. Then right. you get home and you're like, oh my God, I was so brilliant.
1: I know. So we had a bunch of shops listed and then we went and I said, if you go head west, you know, there's 50th in France area. If you head east, there's Turzo and Broders and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to do a little bit more of that. And we're we hope that you join up and then also put your own, dis, you know, discussion questions in there. So it's like if you're wondering where the best patios are or the best buffet brunch, someone asked for that. We kind of we're going to be there for you.
2: OK, so what's the Facebook page called again? So It's
1: called Summer in the Twin Cities. OK, and it's a Facebook group. So you kind of have to join. You have to join it. Um, And all you have to do is join up and then we approve it. Pretty simple. There's no approval process, basically.
2: Some are in the Twin
1: Cities. And so, you know, again, we've and we're going to have different sort of people, editors weighing in. I'm sort of taking the mantle right now. But, you know, that doesn't mean that Kelly Keegan's won't weigh in and talk a little bit more about shops to visit Or Drew Wood, who is an editor, that we might have a discussion about outdoor activities that are really fun, like climbing and zip lines and fun stuff like that. Sweet. I
2: just requested.
1: All right. We will handle it. But that is what I love. And I wanted to let you guys know about it again. All right. You guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm excited. More excited about this. It's chicken time. Yeah. We'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by El Burrito, Or I'm sorry, Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Weekly Dish. Thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of our you know, conversations at all, we've had a pretty great show. We, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about Anthony Burdain in the first half. Um, and we just want to make sure that if you missed any part of that, a lot of the mental health stuff that we talked about um, is important. And if you need some time to kind of process it and come back to it, it will be on the podcast.
2: There are also a lot of um, resources posted on MyTalk1071's website, yes. Steph. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you... Are suffering from depression? If you are feeling a sense of hopelessness, if you know someone who is feeling that, go to mytalk1071.com. And I know there have been a lot of numbers. I mean, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline and all of these um, resources that are available are there. Mm -hmm. So use them.
1: Yes, please do. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I'm going to say one more further thing, because I know a lot of people post, you know, the sort of admonition to get help, get help, reach out, reach out. And I know for a lot of people struggling, that's, it's almost a burden to have people say that Mm -hmm. because they feel like they're failing those people because they can't reach out. And so I just want to say to you as a person out there, if you are feeling like you may know someone, anyone who is on an edge of some sort, don't be afraid to ask them how they're doing. Yeah. And ask the strong people who you don't think, who you think are great. Just make sure. Put that out there. Don't make them have carry that burden too. So I love that. There it is. All right. Guess what guys, we're coming back to food. We're coming back to things. It's chicken time. Cheep, 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 cheep. Oh cheep, my cheep, God. Cheep, the picture that cheep, you posted of Bernie and Franklin and you looking at the baby chicks. Let's just talk about
2: chickens. If you guys don't know, Elizabeth uh, Reese
1: is obviously the chicken maven. I think I, you're like the chicken whisperer. Really? I oh think gosh, I don't
2: know. I'm kind of still a rookie, but I have had chickens in my house um, for gosh, probably five years on and off again. This is my third flock because yeah. I lose them to various illnesses, and predators. But listen, guys, <laughs> life on the farm is tough. Uh, yeah. This is how it goes. But we did just get um, a new flock of chickens just on Thursday. Yeah. So we live in South Minneapolis. People always ask, where can you have chickens? We have them in South Minneapolis. We are permitted for chickens. And um, it's not hard to get a permit so it's very easy to do. I always want to just make sure that people know that you should check with your municipality mm-hmm. even though I wholeheartedly believe that every municipality should allow chickens. I don't
1: understand why they don't.
2: Call your honestly. city council and you know go from there. It's but, weird that they don't. I know it's silly. So we have um four new chicks that just came home with us and my daughter who is three and a half is beside herself with joy because she loves chickens so much. Um, we got four different breeds. Uh, people might not know that the egg color the egg shell color is determined by the breed of the chicken so different breeds of chickens lay different colored eggs for example we always have in our flock an americana yeah americanas are known as the easter egg chick um, because they lay either light green light blue or light pink eggs
1: we've talked about this before but i want to ask do you have any we did you ever check to see if the color of the feathers on the face of your chicken has anything to do with the color of their eggs? I don't think so. Somebody, maybe like a long time ago, I was researching eggs and somebody said that the color is like of your chicken, like, like, like the Americana will lay those colors, but the one specifically like your specific chicken will have a color of a feather on the face and that will lend to what color eggs they lay.
2: So the only ones, um, I've only had Americanas that lay light green eggs and I guess they've both been kind of gray. Okay. This one that I got is more of, um. well, the Americana has been named Chippy by our neighbor, <laughs> Violet. My daughter wanted her neighbor friends to be able to name two of our chickens, which I thought was really sweet. That's and very so sweet. Um, our little neighbor Violet named uh, the little chicken chippy. And it's actually quite fitting because our Americana looks like a chipmunk. Like, I mean, it's like a chipmunk chicken. Oh of the little stripe and the coloring of it. Yeah. Um. So it'll be fun to see how she grows up. We did get two new breeds this time. We got a speckled Sussex. Yes. Um, which is named Daisy. And those are really beautiful because they're red. And then they have these like black and white speckles on their back feathers. Ooh. And I love this chicken because as they get older... They become more beautiful and vibrant and speckled, and really? so the concept of a woman who only gets more beautiful as she ages, Clearly. I found to be very, very attractive.
1: Clearly, hello. Oh my God! Wait, we have a caller who
0: has a comment. Katie, you have a comment about egg color? Yeah. So I showed uh, chickens in 4H. Okay. And so the on the chickens' head, they've got like the ear kind of. That's the non-feathered portion, like where an ear should be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, The uh, the color of that is what color eggs they like. Okay. Okay. So it's
2: not the feathers. It's the color of that little like kind of skin part on their ear. Yep. Yep. Oh my God, Katie. Okay, Katie. I never knew that. And I've had tons of chickens. That's really fun. Now I'm going to look at all of them.
0: Yeah, well, I did. Uh, I had to learn everything there's to know about chickens and any animal I showed for the uh, showmanship portion. Okay, that's so show.
1: fun. How we should have always just asked a four H kid. Well, I Seriously. mean, the, the <laughs> thing I'm
2: most bitter about in life is that I was never in four H. Me I mean, some honestly. people are sad that they didn't master the piano. I'm bitter about my lack of four H introduction. I know, I know. Maybe they'll yeah, have me now. Would so- they invite a 36 year old woman to be in four H? <laughs> <laughs> what? What was that? That um, was a nervous chuckle that yeah, I won't that one, Yeah, that was, yeah. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Appreciate Katie. your call. So, we also got um, a, a white crested black Polish hen this time, which is very exciting. And my daughter has named that chicken Marshmallow. Um, what's cool about her is that she has a plume of white feathers on her head. And so as she gets bigger, she will develop like this crown of feathers on her head. She's a little smaller than the other chickens that we have, but she's not a Bantam breed, so she'll lay standard sized eggs. Um, What is a Bantam? Does that mean it's like a bigger egg lay or smaller? A Bantam breed is a smaller breed of chicken. So like Silkies are Bantam. You know some of them that you see with like the beautiful feathers on their on their feet. They'll come in Bantam variety and full size okay um and bantam just means like a smaller variety of chicken so they'll tend to be more like i don't know like probably four pounds where like a full-size chicken is more like six pounds yes six or seven i mean it kind of depends on the chicken but um they also will lay smaller eggs so their eggs the bantam chickens their eggs will be like two-thirds the size of a standard egg Okay. I want maximum eggs, so Me I too. generally. Me too. This get is. I'm chickens. like, why are we? Why are we? Like I'm not sure. <laughs> Some people have quails because they like quail well, eggs. Well, I love a cute
1: quail egg, but I'm gonna. I'm not. I would be frustrated if that was all I was
2: getting. <laughs> it's really fun. I mean, the backyard chicken thing is really fantastic. We get super excited about the eggs. It's funny because my daughter just she understands that eggs come from chickens, and she thinks that we of course, just have chickens and we have eggs. So the other day when I opened up a carton of eggs that I purchased because our, our chickens aren't laying yet. Um, she said, Mama, who laid those eggs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I don't know another chicken, but isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great? Yeah, it's been really fun. So right. we've got everything booming at the urban farm.
1: Tell me, though, quickly, what has been the biggest challenge with chickens for you?
2: Uh, you know, I think the hardest thing with chickens is um, predators. I mean, it is. Yeah, okay. it totally is. And we live in the city. We live a couple blocks from the Mississippi River. Yeah. So there are things like raccoons, um, we think we lost one of them to an owl at one point. Oh, my God. And then neighbor dogs. I mean, oh. we our neighbor dog um, has gotten a couple of them. We're reinforcing our fence on their side. And it's not their fault. You no, know are dogs. Is, this is the nature of them. And mm-hmm. neighbor dogs in urban settings are the biggest predator of chickens. Okay. Didn't so didn't for people that. who have a backyard flock. So that's probably the most challenging. It's really quite simple when it comes to, I mean, you get into a groove. I clean out the coop once a week. It's really pretty easy. Yeah. And then navigating um, where you want your chickens to go. So we have a coop and a run. And then we also have fenced off sort of part of our yard where they can go behind the garage, sort of like an unused space. When I first had chickens, I let them roam the entire yard. And then I had chicken poop everywhere. I mean, I had it on the sidewalk. I I had it all over the place. And I just like wasn't digging that and so I found better luck with having them in a specific area but a bigger area than just their run yeah. but the, a great resource you guys I always want to mention this is Eggplant Urban Farm Supply yeah. they're right oh, yes, in St. Paul right. um, Bob and Audrey are the owners there that's where I always get my chicks that's where I went to chicken to order school yeah. yep, you can call and order them Um, where I took a class and was it was like a two hour class I learned so much about how to care for chickens and yeah. then you can really find out if it's something that Works for you and don't do it illegally.
1: <laughs> Please don't, just don't because you're also like making it harder for other people who just, are doing it. Legally. Yes, so,
2: so just, just be smart eat or sell your house. I so, mean, move to a place, <laughs> so come up to chicken. the boondocks, come literally. to Minneapolis. We want to increase our tax base, right? Exactly. <laughs> hey, we're going to continue to talk about gardening
1: because you and I both have gardens and we're going to yes! do a garden update. So we will going to take a quick break, you guys. When we come back, we're going to kind of discuss about some stuff going on in the garden. This is the weekly dish. We'll be right back. Hey everybody! Welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm hanging out with Elizabeth Reese today. Good morning. It is nice to be with you
2: on this fine Saturday. I know. If we're getting a little rain, I'm okay with it. I need my garden needs a little bit of a a little smooshy smoosh. We've had a pretty good setup where we've had rain every few days. I know it's been kind of nice. Got my little rain gauge in the garden, and so it's nice to know if I don't have to plant. Boy, my bean sprouts just went kapow. Those Did are they like really? the most fun thing to watch grow because you'll plant a bean. And it's an actual bean. I mean, this yeah. is like the just miracle put a bean of life in the dirt. You put a bean in the dirt, and then you kind of think, what's gonna go on? And you water it, and it gets some sunshine. And then one day you see a little something peeking out of the soil. Just a few days later, and then the next day, they've all popped out, and yeah. they're like an inch and a half tall. It's just fantastic. I know. I'm very excited. Are you do? Do you have to weed a lot in your garden? I mean, like, are you in your garden more than once a week weeding? Or um, are you... I try to weed like a few minutes every few days, so yeah. that it doesn't get out of control. I actually have to weed the pathways between my raised beds more than my actual garden, which just enrages me. I know. It's very annoying. You put down boards and stuff, but you still have to get at it? I'm going to add some more um, steppers, like stone steppers around so that I can just try to cover up more of the real estate. And then I'm also going to add this year some bigger planters, like some long big planters around the edges so that again, I can just have more real estate covered so that there are fewer areas for the weeds to grow. But the biggest thing for me in my raised beds um is mulching. Mulching is huge when it comes to cutting down on the weeds. So like when you are growing tomatoes, yeah. you can do like newspaper mulch, you can do lawn clippings, you can do leaves, you can also just buy a big um like straw bale from your garden store. Yeah. And then you like if you plant tomatoes, then just do a pile of mulch all around it. Okay. And what'll happen is it'll keep the weeds down and it'll also help to regulate the moisture content. So it just helps to keep some moisture in the soil versus yeah. like just exposed soil. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's just going to like getting, the, yeah. the water goes. Interesting. So you get a little bit of like a more consistent moisture level. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest thing for me is keeping those weeds down.
1: Oh, do you have a specific weed that's invading? I mean, like, oh, I have you, crabgrass, crabgrass, I have creeping Charlie,
2: I have weed trees, I have maple oh trees. God, I mean, weed right. trees. that oh like. Oh my well, God.
1: Did you have the spread of helicopters this year? Like oh everyone gosh, else gosh, Yeah.
2: You have them everywhere. I mean, it just, they just go like gangbusters. Yeah. Yeah. But this
1: year there was something about the fact that there was like a seven year cycle for a lot of maples that there is like a huge outcropping of helicopters. Oh my gosh. Like we had some, we, I can't, there's areas of my grass. You can't see the grass because of the helicopters.
2: See, nature is constantly trying to take over. <laughs> and we have to fight back punching you in the face all the time
1: <laughs> you have to fight back in the garden so my garden is down by the swamp like right down there by the swamp which is great because it basically is always moist yeah. I am not kidding you I rarely have to water because from underneath it is always moist
2: okay that's great I
1: know it was sort of like the brilliance I, first when I moved in this house and I was like they built that really close to the swamp that's like those boxes are gonna rot out and yes the boxes have the you know, raised beds have rotted out it's but wood. it's because there's so much moisture down there Yeah. But I have the thistles, the pricker thistles, everywhere.
2: Oh, I don't everywhere. have those. That's Oh, my bad. God.
1: They are... They are unbelievable. You gotta get
2: heavy duty gloves and you gotta yep. pull those suckers out by the root.
1: I do, and it's but it's hard. Like it's like literally it's I mean, and I've been doing it every I'm mean, gonna just have to do it. I think that this is the but I took this garden back from complete and utter nothing, right? It now. takes a while. And so I feel like this year is sort of like I'm battling what I can battle without going insane. Mm-hmm. But then next year there'll be less. It'll be easier, you know, and as we go, it'll be easier. So Yeah, absolutely. I don't know.
2: I did um I did plant Brussels sprouts. That's exciting. Did you have your Done those? I've done them and I haven't had much success with them, but that's... I think I didn't really know what I was doing. Listen, I mean, I'm not an old gardener. I no, don't know everything but about that's gardening. that's what
1: I love that. How we just, it's all experimentation.
2: The beautiful thing about gardening is really, I mean, it is so much about you, you always get an, another chance the next year and there's no instant gratification and in a world where everything we can get instantly and yes. we can find entertainment instantly to have to wait for things and to have a specific season for things, I think is absolutely fantastic. Yes. The one thing that I would recommend, I mean, cuz there's still time to plant, you guys. It's not too late. It's just the beginning of June. You don't have to feel like, "Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, I haven't planted anything. No, I can't do it." You've got plenty of time. You can plant tomatoes, you can plant um almost everything and you'll be able to get going. But I I like to encourage people to think about planting things that they can't get anywhere else. So, Right. Um like, you know, you go to the farmers market and you get What's cool is you get a fantastic variety of things. I mean they're selling produce that you are probably not going to find at the grocery store. but there are also things that you can grow that they're not even selling at the farmers' market. Like what? So like I um, am growing this year for the first time these cucamelons <gasps> and it's a cucumber but with like a melon flavor. And what? I found it at um, Mother Earth Gardens in Minneapolis. It's right in the Longfellow neighborhood, and I I just walk there. So, um, Oh, I should tell Matt about that. I like to get some different plants there that I've never gotten before. But um, they're sort of they're like a really interesting um, cucumber that will be have sort of like that refreshing melon flavor. And so, of course, immediately I was thinking oh. like Cocktail City. Like, oh my god, these will be so fun with co- in cocktails.
1: These were. Um, it's yes, it's called they call it's the Melothria scabra and so I know that's the name of it, but it's also the um God, what were they called? Melothria. I think that's what they, a bunch of the guys had those in the cocktails. They oh, did fun. like a bunch Good. of the bartenders last year. Okay. So that's what I'm had thinking some of these. Well, yeah, I'm going to have
2: them. I'll bring you some.
1: Oh my God. I cannot
2: wait for uh, that. So I'm excited about that. The other thing that's really fun to do the in sanditas. the garden. Sanditas.
1: They're also known as Sanditas. Oh, when they you are? see them on, that's what it was. It was Sanditas. When you see those on, me, on, on
2: menus, that's what that is. Ooh. Okay. Go ahead. Um, the other thing is to try to look for different varieties of herbs. Like, especially if you're just doing herbs, you know, you can't buy like, you can't usually buy chocolate mint at the grocery store. I mean, it's hard to even find that at the farmer's market, Right. but chocolate mint is like so cool and so fun. And think about like making an ice cream and then using the chocolate mint in the ice cream in your custard. I mean, so much fun. And I just got a really cool variegated basil plant that looks like so beautiful. And um, it's a really fun opportunity to grow things that you can't just buy because some people go, well, what's the point? I can buy all this stuff at the farmer's market. And that's great. If you grow the varieties that you can't necessarily buy, yes, it just makes your garden more exciting.
1: Um, this is the thing. Wait, quickly question about the cucamelon and the sandita. Um, did you start it from plant or from seed? I bought it from plant. You did buy it from plant. I okay. did buy it
2: from plant. And I will tell you, I did two cucumber plants this year. I have had much better luck growing cucumbers direct from seed than I have from transplanting have you really? them. I, You know, I I did seed last year and then this year I just kind of went, okay, I'm just, I don't know. I I found this variety and I wanted to grow it. I didn't have any seeds. So I thought I'm just going to buy this plant and see. And then I bought another cucumber plant. So we'll see how it goes. I don't know if that has to do with my soil. I don't. I don't either. But I have read that cucumbers do better direct from seed in the ground than they do from transplants.
1: I've had, you know, we did lemon cucumbers for a couple of years, and those little sweeties. Those are great. I love them because you just sort of like pick them and you just brush off all the spikies and then you just sit and you eat them. Yum. You don't have. I mean, they're so they're tender and they're beautiful. Um, I've had like weird luck on both. You know what I mean? And that's what I was trying to decide. I had great luck from a transplant and then the next year I did seed and it wasn't as great.
2: See, you have to kind of trial and error your space a little bit. There are a few other things like, I've been notorious for planting my tomatoes too close together and planting my peppers too far apart. Pepper plants really don't need a ton of space. Right. And then I'm like, what am I doing? I'm wasting all this real estate. This is the other thing.
1: I realized that somebody told me, uh, Kelly O'Reilly, who is a very, very prodigious and prolific gardener in her yard um, of food and things with her husband. And they she told me that the Brussels were going to be hogs, that they were going to take over space. Ah. And so I was like, "Okay, whoops. (laughs) Dang it. But um also did I uh, tell you about the asparagus in
2: my Tell me about
1: that. Okay, I found asparagus in this garden like yes. by the fact that I had been pulling and weeding and we there was one box where I had to like actually cut down a couple trees. Like really thick trees that were growing weed trees which weed were trees. growing out of there. But all of a sudden we were like ripping things out and I was like trying to figure what it would go and all of a sudden poop I was like wait a minute what is that? It's an asparagus. And I didn't realize that the things that we'd been pulling out, the dead dry things, yep. I looked back at them and I was like, oh my God, those are asparagus. Oh
2: man.
1: And so what I found out from Kelly, cause she came down and looked at the, the, you know, the stuff and she's like, so here's the deal. Like, now that it's po- now that you know that it's there and it's popped up all over, it just has to keep going. Sometimes you plant asparagus and it takes a couple years it takes for a it to, couple years to, produce. to proliferate. Yeah. So you just have to be patient with it and let it keep flowering mm-hmm. and keep going because it spreads itself. And it I was s- like,
2: score. I love those kind of plants, too, that just come back. I mean, I every year, like them. I wait for the day I can see the chives. And when the right? chives go, I know that there's hope. <laughs> And I know that we're coming out of it and it's going to be fantastic. Thank God for chives. Yes.
1: Always. Thank God for chives. chives. All right, you guys we are going to take a quick break. Hopefully your gardens are going well. Maybe you're in your garden right now Mm. and uh, doing your own thing. It's a great place to be. I know it'll be fun. All right. We'll be right back. This is the weekly dish. Hey everybody. Welcome back to the weekly dish. Uh, Thank you for joining us this Saturday. We've had a great show and it's been a lot of fun and we've had some great thoughts and you know, we've just kind of are tying it all up together. Uh, this is obviously usually the time when we talk about um, what is the moral of the story.
2: Yes. So go ahead and give us is. your moral of the story. You know, um, I think as we sort of reflect on the loss of Anthony Bourdain and the sadness that comes along with that, I think it is important to just remember what Anthony Bourdain taught us. Mm-hmm. And so this quote from him, I just absolutely love and I've seen like little snippets of it, but I wanted to just read the whole thing. Um, this is what Anthony Bourdain talks about travel. He says, travel changes you. As you move through this life and this world, you change things slightly. You leave marks behind, however small. And in return, life and travel leaves marks on you. If I am an advocate for anything, it is to move as far as you can, as much as you can, across the ocean or simply across the river, walk in someone else's shoes, or at least eat their food. It's a plus for everybody. Yes. That's Anthony Bourdain. That's
1: it. I love it. That is it. I think the moral of my story is that... Um, just to connect with people on the levels that make you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and to push through uncomfort, uncomfort, in order to find true the true real good parts of life. I will tell you that I sent a note to my girls that saying, "I love all your ugly parts. You know, I love your black darkness, and I love like all I, I like falling and plundering and." whoopsing and like let's just keep failing so that we know that we're continuing to move mm-hmm. and i think that that is the thing that I, I feel like he taught me that yeah i feel like there is a piece of that that is got his little name on it in my heart
2: and to just eat everywhere you and go to
1: eat you guys <laughs> and and i would say if i would give you guys one piece of advice to honor him or like one note to honor him this weekend go to the mongtown market and or the mongtown village this is a great idea and just walk around. And if you've never been there, you guys just go. The, there's so much food and they're so willing and friendly and happy about sharing it with you and order something from a stand that you have no idea what it is. <laughs> if I can say, get the beef rib at the, at the moob deli, the Mr. Moob H M O O B do that. I'm in. Cause that is so good, but get bubble tea, get some pho and just be a part of something that is new and, and, and burgeoning in our towns, but maybe not, in your town.
2: That is the coolest thing too about Anthony Bourdain. I think that visual image that we would get through his television shows of particularly when Anthony Bourdain uh, visits Asian countries and shows us Asia in, you know, a food way is this giant lanky gray haired white guy in a sea of Asian people. (laughs) I mean, like, let's be real. He would stick out like a sore thumb. I mean, people are like, okay, who is this guy? Um, but then that was just so fun. That juxtaposition was so fun to see that you can be so different from the people who surround you yeah. and then still enjoy the same things,
1: you know, and I think that like it, noodles, like noodles. <laughs> and I, I just want you to know that there is something happening today also. Um, that is the ad hoc Lake Street
2: taco crawl. What's happening? This
1: is some people on Facebook. were like, hey, guys, let's do a taco crawl. This is not, you don't have to buy tickets. You don't have to check in anywhere. They just basically told everybody, like, and they had some like 3,000 people say they were interested. And so they made sure that the taco joints knew that people were coming. That was nice. But I have a link on the, you know, when we, on the feed, and it's basically there's 19 plus taco trucks and shops on this Lake Street map that they drew. So
2: this is what happens to me with Lake Street and tacos is that sometimes I think I get overwhelmed because I just don't know which one to choose. And I love the idea of going (laughs) to all of them.
1: Get a pack of people and bring cash and just go. And there's ATMs along the way as well. But, you know, just plan for it and just pop in, pop in and go "Mm, carnitas, pop in there and go "Mm, La Lengua. I'll try that. Done. Yeah. Just do it. And it's it's and, you know, it's just like. There's no junkie swag. There's no tickets.
2: There's nothing. It's just walking. You don't have to have a wristband. You don't have to have a wristband. You can stop and have a beer at another place. I mean, I love events, but if I never have to have another <laughs> wristband again.
1: So I have a. I have to tell you this. I have a thing that I'm collecting, which is wristbands of all of 2018 of, <laughs> of like name, lanyards, yep. wristbands and name tags from all the events and things I've gone to because I want to just show you at the end of 2018 what that looks like. <laughs> it's a little absurd. Um, again, open streets are happening tomorrow on Sunday. Just letting you know, lots of great stuff. $5 elotes at Mercado. Good Love stuff. that. Um, to, also, this is a, if you need some healing, maybe pretend, uh, potentially you want to get to Insight Brewing because they have goat to your happy place happening. Ooh. They have 20 goats. They're, yes. They're bringing baby goats to hang out
2: at the brewery. Oh my gosh. Go play with goats. That is just too much. Is it fun. smart? You know, I also want to mention too that you were on Twin Cities Live recently talking about meat markets. Yes. So as you're planning like your summer grilling, this was a really great resource. Uh, Go to TwinCitiesLive.com and it's right there under food. Yes. Um, Steph gave a great rundown of some meat markets and some different things to get there, including this Polish spot that I like had no idea about. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us where it is again. The core is in Northeast. It's in Northeast. Yeah,
1: it's in. It's like tucked away on a side street. Like when you see it's not around Camargo and that, area but yeah. it's behind the neighborhoods in that area and that's where the old Polish Northeast used to be. So good. You guys this little deli and store I'm telling you they drive to Chicago to get their good smoked meats. Oh gosh. And they could drive every week. I'm just going to tell you the one thing that is my favorite. It's the Moscow ham. Yes. It's riddled with garlic it's so soft and flavorful and beautiful. It's like any of the hams that you see in town would pale in comparison to that ham.
2: That is really great. So if you're thinking about like doing a special you know grill out or just like want to go and take an adventure and just pick up some stuff at a local meat market that's a great resource for three of them we're gonna
1: post that link is it on the grid i'll put it on okay because then we'll post that on the page so that you guys can see it because it really was it was really good intel
2: it was really good i ate Um, a lot of meat that day
1: (laughs) seriously i know i actually there was i had the bacon with the smoked bacon Mm -hmm. in the fridge and jake was like do we have to cook that i'm like no it's already smoked i'm gonna eat that right like it is right now now uh, also letting you know, a couple of the things happening, beer garden germania. If you are going to the St. Paul farmer's market, you can walk over to beer garden germania, which is took over the old golden's deli. Oh, good. Yeah. And they are have you been in there. You can walk up to their kitchen window. They have a little window and they're selling uh, walking fries. So this is what I love. I'm going to walk fries? over. Yeah, curried walking fries. Yes. You walk over, you get a cup of cone of fries that are curried and lovely, and then you walk around and shop the farmer's market.
2: Yes. Thank you.
1: I needed that. I needed a little sustenance as I'm, you know, basically hanging out. Um, Over by Penny's Coffee in Linden Hills, they are doing something called Motor Place today, and they have a bunch of vintage Porsches and classic Porsches and just
2: Porsches. They're doing a little car show outside of Penny's. People... Go nuts for Penny's coffee. I have been there once and it is I Have mean, you if, gotten the
1: crepe? You no. haven't got When you go. Cuz I've only
2: been there for coffee.
1: You will get a crepe and you will love it. I will love I it. I love the crepe trend. I'll be totally honest with you. The crepe trend is something that I make crepes all the time at home, but then I
2: find like I don't think about getting them at out. I know. I don't think about it either except for when I was a kid and the crepe place at Mall of America opened. Which is the magic still, pan. Which is still there. Uh, and I remember like thinking this is so glamorous and amazing right? and wonderful.
1: There was one at Ridgedale and they would like swirl it around and all this stuff. I know. I did love that. That was, <laughs> that was a moment of like wait this is not from here. Oh,
2: This is so fancy.
1: I um, let's talk also about on Tuesday nights the uh, new night market at the Commons, which is hosted by the Mill City Farmers Market, so the Mill City Farmers Market, which is in lovely, which you can go to today in about five minutes, they'll open, I think, yep. and um, you know they do organics and everything else. They're doing a night market in the Commons, which is in front of the U.S. Bank Stadium. This is great. This park area over there, it's like a, it's like the green space for this in the downtown. It's fantastic. It's awesome. And it's, they're going to have, they're going to do movies there. And it's Tuesday nights? Tuesday nights. Okay. Like from, I think they start up at three or four o'clock and they go to like eight or nine. And so basically for those of us who are in the city, and it's funny because Tuesday nights are my office days for sure. So I will be there. But instead of fighting the traffic to get out of town at like six o'clock, I would way rather be sitting on some grass, sipping a beer. Buying some, you know, some organic meats and yep. thinking
2: about, well, I'll make this when I get home. And then go home later. And then go
1: home later. Yeah, that's
2: a great idea. hop a
1: squat, listen yes. to
2: some music. These night markets, that's really fun. These evening activities in the summer.
1: I know, I know. What is, do you guys ever do movies in the park and stuff like that? Well,
2: you know, we don't too much yet because our kids are so little. So mm-hmm. they're kind of like early to bed. Um, but we've been, I mean, we've been eating outside every day that we can. <sighs> Let's do it. Eat outside yeah. and grow something. Even just sit out on your porch, people. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram for more chicken picks. Do it. The chi- do we get chicken camp. Yeah, it'll be back. Okay. It'll be back. All right, gang. Thanks for being
1: here, e Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. ciao. Ciao.